0: Today's talk is Kofi um, Het. We are behind, so we pick up at the very top of Kofi Charam um, Set, where we're uh, explicating um, various sukim uh, from the halal. Uh, um, so let's take a look. We pick up on Rabbi Rabbi Omer. Three lines from the top. So Right. So we said before that who said that. So he said that uh, Gabriel said it when he was given the right to save Hanan and Michel the Azaria. So now it says Doug and So Nelson, Dugging Ship Yamamruha. The fish in the sea said it. Now we're gonna tie it back to the story of 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 um of Y Tia from It'sraim. Shabosa um uh Deb Shabam like Ravuna Dhamma Raphuna Yisra Shabosa Damakhatni Ammona Amun Ammanahayu the um the Jewish people Israel at that generation were of weak those weaker faith, smaller faith. Uh Khazarish Rabbi Barmari, like Rabbi Barmari my Mahdi what's meant by the Pasukati Tirim by that they rebelled on the on the uh, sea by the, uh, by the by the by the Yam Suf, by the Sea of Reeds. So Milameh, Shahimu Israel Ba Shah, that even at the moment of the storm of the sea, the Bne Israel rebelled. So Amr they said hey God just to say you know they said to Moshe very nice you saved us but the same way we're coming up on this side you know maybe the, uh, the Egyptians have found another path through the sea and they're coming up on somewhere else <laughs> God said the angel over the ocean or over the Red Sea spit out the Egyptians onto the dry land so they'll see that they had been drowned I'm a laphanav. So the uh, so the uh, this uh, angel said, is there, a, is, there, is there ever a slave that the master will give him uh, a gift and then demand that you g- give the gift back? You've given me all these Egyptians; they're food for all the fishes in the sea. So you want me to give it back? I'm a So he said, I'll give you I'll give you back one and a half times this in the future. So back to master of the University to ask how could I ever ask it ask it from you? Is it ever appropriate for a slave to say, "Hey master, you owe me this?" I don't have an ability to to, to, the request to request it of you. Me. We'll see. I'm a low. No, you know what? Fine. You do not have to ask it for me. The, uh, the, the Wani, the river of Kishon, that'll be my guarantor. So you can ask it from the Nachal Kishon. You don't have to ask it for me and you'll, you'll be entitled to demand it Who's back. Who's the low? The head of the, the, the angel over the ocean that's being asked to tell the ocean to spit out the Egyptians. Okay? So um, So the angel over the oceans spit out the Egyptians onto the dry land, so Bnei Yisrael could see that the Egyptians had died. And Bnei Yisrael came and they saw them. So they saw them on the, actually on the, uh, you know, by the seashore, by the, uh, by the edge of the ocean. They had seen that they had been, um, or the sea, whatever, they had seen that they had been spit out by the seashore. So what's his idea? Where did we get this number one and a half times? Or what's really the end of this story? the ilu Parot by Parot says, 600 chosen chariotmen. Uh, the Iluba Sisraksiv, and this is now the end of the story, by Sisra, right, who came to war, and it was all and Barak and so on, it says, 900, that's one and a half times, 900 iron chariots yasa Sisra Cicero, when Sisra came asala yu decreed the parcela so they, they 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 came to attack the uh, israel with these uh, with these uh, spears of iron um um, God caused the stars to come out from their normal uh, from their normal you know um, orbit. orbit thank you and to come closer to the earth to burn up to burn them to burn them wow. the, not the obviously this is based on the, the the stars fought against them from the heavens once the stars lowered down a little bit came out against them those uh, iron spears got hot they went to cool themselves off so they went to bathe in so what happened the spears um, oh, no, people, now Shai. The people—they're the people, people holding the spears. Uh, Their hands are burning, uh, so they ran to get some water. So they ran okay. to, so to, to, to Nachshon. Pointed out
1: right before the story, it mentions that the Beni did not have like, any arm like any. Br- arm, oh, arm, that's, a so that's, that's a good point. So like, okay, so they couldn't fight back. Otherwise, the would have the
0: same problem that you saw. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a good point that I had uh, that, I, that I passed over. Excuse oh, said Anyway, so <laughs> so right. If there's no iron for Beni Yisrael, that's why it only affects the peaceful uh, um, <laughs> armies. Thank you for that. So they went uh, to call them. Uh, what they went to cool themselves off samaloka is so there they are they're all bathing in nakokechou samaloka perfect opportunity samaloka both nakokechou lekhva husband ervonega go and pay back your surety you are the guarantor Yet, guard from so nakokechou and also she just swept him up he switched him yam casted into the sea Shinema Nachal Kishun Garfame Nachal Kidumim. Nachal Kisham said you swept them away the Nachal the Wadi of ancient times or of of, of the past. My Nachal Kidumim. Nachoshanafa Aray Bikadem in it long ago they made the guarantor that moment the fish of the, of, the, of, of the sea opened up even the fish said God ultimately is true God keeps his promises so he doesn't only keep his promises to angels and to us he even keeps his promises to the fish actually it was a promise really to the angel but the fish got, got paid back Let, let's just finish to the judah then I'll ask you a question okay what's meant by the verse what's meant by the verse so this is again I've finished the darchuting of of the hallel. So the people of Israel said to God, "He brought us your children have made me like this weasel that dwells in the like cracks crevices of the house so akeret habayit is the crevices of the house now what does it mean that have made me like this weasel so the Rassan says it means that, um, that that it means that they have through their sins I've had to be you know they've made me lowly like this weasel akeret habayit and now it's emabanim but now I am rejoicing because now you know at the time of redemption um, things have reversed themselves. Again, I don't understand why that is a more powerful metaphor than just the idea of a barren woman no. speak <coughs> about this weasel in the cracks of the house. But anyway, yes, Riska. The um I that angel,
1: uh, yes. helping helping out uh, it's the jazz the that we say, uh an evaluation, an evil
0: that's talking about the whole thing. well talking about the whole thing about
1: means right
0: well look that's in general an issue because we also say right I mean the Aniva is even more by the actual you know the Bechosh and the yitian. they it says you know but they're also but I'm saying, but there we also have this idea of so that whole sense of you know, God alone as opposed to others but yes, but here anyway it wasn't even in the act of the Kriyas Yamsuf for the drowning of the Yamsuf. it was only in this very secondary thing of like, you know of having the Egyptians go out to the edge of the sea so, but I do think that there is some of that issue there, right? The Midrash mem- very emphasizes Anihu veloachea, and then in the Midrashim, and even to some degree in the Psukim by the Mashhit, you don't have, you know, you have some counter voices there. I, I think that that's correct. I don't know, I, other than this being a great story for kids, I don't know what deeper meaning to read into this whole thing.
1: Maybe it's an ancient idea about fish. Uh-huh. in other words ancient religions have things about fish channel, fish are eternal fish don't die
0: fish are faithful interesting I mean it's a motif it's okay it's unusual isn't it that the Knesset of Israel is a separate entity from the people um, well that's a good point too you're right because the Rathbam banaya." so the Rathbam says Knesset of Israel means shebehem." You know, but that's a good point. I mean, in, what do you call it? In, um, in Kabbalistic thought, Knesset Yisrael is basically Shrina, and it represents, it, it, it refers to sort of, you know, so it's actually sort of the, uh, the uh, almost the divine i, I can 't even explain, but anyway it 's not just the physical jewish people it's some type of, the, see, uh, of, of a of a metaphysical entity that actually almost is uh, an, you know you know, some emanation of the divine that represents the jewish people so but anyway, but, but he, I, I said too much i can 't share yes. anything
1: <laughs> right i <mean>, that 's <laughs> the
0: whole thing yes i mean these moder- these right these midrashim right these midrashim with everybody having these debates before God and having to barter and God promising and this and that I mean they're very you know sort of uh, graphic they, they they seize the imagination but I'm not sure how to how to explain it in meaningful yeah God yeah Sure. Um, Right, I mean, look, it's completely true. In the Torah, look, in the Torah, that's completely correct. In the Torah, even in thinking about the angels in the Torah, like we're just about to come up to a whole story, right, with angels, right? The whole story that we read about them visiting Abraham and then with the Akedah. You know, there's complete distance between the angels and God, and they're just like these earthly whatever they are that are doing, you know, God's bidding and so on. Um, Even in the visions in Yehezkel, you know, there's some type of divine retinue. It's really... maybe I'm forgetting it, but I think the only place I know in Tanakh where you have some sense of, like a, of, a, of almost like a discussion, you know, an angel has a personality in God's presence is in Eov, the beginning of Eov where the Satan comes and says, hey, what about Eov? And then in rabbinic literature, you got, you know, it's, it, it, it blows up this whole thing. Oh, well, what about this? You're going to pay me back. And, you know, again, I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, it's, um, but I agree. It's certainly, you know, not, it, it's not a comfortable theology, you know, I think, for most of us. Okay, but so let's uh, let's continue now. So um, the Gemara says like this: Darish Rava. so Rabba explicated. My Darchei, so again, we're looking at Pesukim in the Hallel. What's meant by the pasuk, Hafti Yishma Hashem"? I have loved that God has heard the voice of my supplication. I'm a Canaanite Israelite. I'm The people of Israel said. The congregation has said. Yahuva When am I beloved to you? When you hear my supplication, so rather than read Ahavki, I have loved, it's reading I have been loved, when God has heard the voice of my supplication. So it's sort of, um, you know, it's sort of saying our relationship, God, is, you know, or demonstrate your love for me by hearing my supplication. um, And that is what, you know, it shows that I am beloved to you, but it also... It also creates that reality of being beloved to you. I have been lowly and God has saved me. i Although I might be poor in mitzvot, ani I belong to you, the lean ul li, meaning, you know, to me, meaning this is our relationship, the lean el it is fit to 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 save me. So again this sort of sense of God, you know, calling upon the relationship right you I am beloved that you when you hear my voice, yes, I am poor, but we are, but I am true to you, or you know we this is our unique relationship, please save me, so i 'm not saying because of my mitzvot, i 'm not saying I deserve it, but do this because of your love to me, do this because of our relationship, because I have you know, because, because of because I am true to you. said when got sick, Rebbe sent him, Tell us two or three things you said in the name of your father. Like maybe he was afraid he was going to die and he didn't want these teachings to be lost. Now the Rashbam interestingly says, I'll just break for a minute if you look here in the Rashbam about fifteen lines before the lines get wide, it says Rabbi Yishma he says very interesting point there are a number of places in Shasta where we find that Rabbi Yishma bar got sick and Rabbi sent him and said tell us some things that your father said that your father said and if you look at one of the stories, the, the answer he gave isn't the same as the things he said in another story. So he says two possible explanations: the Shema Chaloyim Har Bechala Rebbe Shmuel Rebbe Maybe he got sick a lot, or B'chol Pam Pam Lo Rebbe Vumay Shivlo. And every time he got more information, and a different answer. In Ami Kru and Hishevin B'Pamachav. He actually gave all of these answers. But the Gemara broke them up into different locations. So it's yeah, really... Two or
1: three. And then, you know. All
0: right. What can I tell you? He said two or three and he gave him 20. So it had to divide into 10 stories. Anyway, back to the Gemara. Um, okay. So two or three things that you said in the name of your father. Um, so... Um Ashalachwa he said, Kaha Ma'aba, this is what my father said. My dik, what's meant by the Paso? Haluah Sashem Kokoyin Shabuhu Khala meen. What what are the wh why are the nations praising the God, especially in the end of the Paso? 'Cause Ki Gavar Alainu Khaz So what's Haluas Hashem Kog? You, the nations, praise God for the wonders God has done with you, just the wonders of creation and of nature and of all the wonders God does for the world. How much more so, the special relationship we have with God demands for us even more that we praise God. Okay, the ode, or the ode, at the end of days, when Mashiach comes. The Egyptians, or you know, the entity of Egypt, whatever it is, will bring uh, will bring gifts to the Mashiach. So Mashiach will say, "I'm not going to accept that from them." God says to the Mashiach, "Mashiach, accept it from them." They were a host to my children in Egypt, even though they put them into slavery. They still also were willing to, you know, have them in the land. You're okay. from the Egyptians. So, yes, the uh, noble people from Egypt came. So, so Ethiopia made a kavakome. Umar halos nishtabdu b'han. If the Egyptians that they enslaved the Jews, kach, that's what they'll, they'll still be. Their gifts will be accepted. Ani Anishaloni stabdi b'han. Look, Hashganei I, who never enslaved them, how much more so will my gifts be accepted? I'm look Barchus God that kabel mehem, accepted from them. Niat kush taritz yadav lelohim. Kush will reach out his hand to God. Nasa Malchus Romi a Kavachomer So the evil, evil empire um, of Rome made a Kavachomer itself it really
1: This has Romi
0: in it. What? Romy. I said Romi Yeah, and my Gemara was stuck back in It was in brackets Obviously in some editions it was taken out These are not their brethren Their gifts are accepted We are their brethren because the Gemara associated Rome with asaph How much more so will our gifts be accepted? Amr So God said to Gavriel, no longer to Mashiach. We we had Gavriel at the end of the other story. Gar Hayat kaneh. This is again from the same sukim into hilim. This is part of the same parak of Tehillim Gar Hayat kaneh. Yell, roar at the uh, the beast of the reed What does that mean? Gar Yell at the beast, the evil beast. Rome reject their gift. Ukneil lecha kane and acquire for yourself the nation the congregation of israel so reject the romans your people you know and in order to preserve um israel they have been too evil to to to, to our people to to israel <inaudible> the, the beast of the of the reeds to see and the will uh great uh, uh like what is a graze what does it uh, 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 means there um, um Anyway um the uh, the uh the the bore of Rappages. the what R- I'm sorry Rappages. Ravages, thank you. Ravages, okay, the, the, the boar, the wild pig of the, uh, of the, um, of the forest will ravage, the ziz sadai enna, and that that moves around in the fields will graze. So anyway, so this <coughs> is the association of this puzzle of chazir, you might remember, you know, the Gemara says, like, why is, uh, you know, um, that the, uh, that, that, that Asav is like the, the pig, because the pig sticks out its hooves, it's the one non-culture animal that has split hooves. look how kosher I am and really it's trace so anyway there's this association and of course one imagines it's also that visceral sense that Jews have with pigs you know of all the things they found that even in these ancient sites in Israel these archaeological sites from going back like in Bias Rishon periods, where they'll find you know they'll find idols and they'll find the whole thing and the way they know whether it's a Jewish village or not Jewish village is that in some of the sites there's absolutely no pork no bones of any of pigs so it's actually quite fascinating. Of all the yes. things that they can identify, you know. It was we worked not, at titles, but we didn't we eat pork. We did eat there. pork, right. <laughs> so anyway, so here's this common association of Rome and Edom with, uh, with the pig. So therefore, anyway, so, so yell against that beast of the reeds. Here's another version of it. Yell against the beast. So, Kaneh is like a reed. All of its deeds are written with one reed, meaning it always just does bad against Israel. It never does any good. So, this is quite fascinating because, you know, well, yes, I know. Um, it could also mean that God writes against them with one reed. They only get put in the book of uh, punishment and otherwise, What's interesting is, you know, in other passages as well. Like in the beginning of the Zara, you have these visions of Lavo, and will the other nations come forward? How much do we accept the fact that now at the end of days when everything is good, now you want to sort of show your fealty and be part of us and so on. So here again, it's interesting at the end of the of where we're all talking about the Gula from Mithraim, that we're willing to have a little bit of, uh, you know, ta- we're willing to be uh, generous towards the Egyptians, even though they have all of the enslavement, but uh, you know the sort of where the generosity ceases is in the context here of um, of Rome. Is it because that it was seen as more harsh? You know, because it was actually the whole you know Herodian persecutions and the kill and the you know and the martyrdom and so on. I mean, the Egyptians they were throwing the babies into the sea, or is it just that it was more immediate? It was what they were living in right now, so they weren't able to have that distance and have that sense that they would ultimately you know um, that they would ultimately be willing to be accepted you know to be accepted in the future times. So. I think it's interesting, and it's particularly ironic given that we've already seen that aspects of the state are, are patterned after the way in which the wealthy people of Rome would live. So, on the yeah. one hand, you have the sort of, you know, the, uh, the the mimicking or of the of the of you know of the um, oppressors, uh, you know, um, behaviors, and then of course you have that deep resentment and unwillingness to, to show you know to show um, any uh, un- uh, compassion. So, not compassion is the wrong word, but anyway, forgiveness. Um, so anyway, it's quite fascinating, I think, in the context where we've been discussing Roman activity and Egyptian and me Mitraeum and the Lel there to have this contrast here, right here together. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Um... Okay, where were we? Adat Avirim um, be'Egle Amim So this is a this is a passage from the same paragraph of Kilim. The, the 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 congregation of Avirim of uh, of like of like uh, um, of, of of strong ones, or it might mean of rams amongst the calves of the nations. to Avirim ka'agalim, and this is about the martyrdom of the. Uh, of you know of the Ruge Malchus that they slaughtered the mighty ones, you know our great sages like they were calves, Sha'inlah and like calves that had no owners, like that, that they were ownerless and like that they, they were nothing like trash, so what does that mean? Yad matir pas, which means to open up the hand, is how it reads this? the kabel mamon, they want you to give them money, taxes, or the way the ratzahn uh, says, they, they accept bribes and to, to tell you that they, they won't uh, do their edicts. And they, but they then will go ahead, they'll take bribes and then they won't live up to it and they won't do what you've asked them to do. Um, so in terms of waiving their edicts. What does interpage literally mean? I don't know. Um, uh, Scattered amongst the nations or whatever, (laughs) they will desire closeness. So, Now it's interesting, a little bit of a shifting to responsibility to the Jewish people, not about Rome, but in general about exile. Who caused the Jewish people to be scattered throughout the nations of the world? Now, what does that mean? So, one explanation is they wanted to be too close. They wanted to be too summy. Their desire for assimilation and their desire for, like, let's be like the nations, ultimately, that led to them losing their unique identity as a people and being scattered and going into exile. Another way to read this, though, is what the mashar reads it, which is even, I think, a more uh, provocative read, which is kirva also means a war, yeah. right? Yeah. So, he says, the fact that they were too much eager for war, that in the time of the Ba'itz Rishon, they didn't want to just submit to the authority of, you know, Ba'vel, and in the time of the Ba'itzhemi, they didn't want to submit to the authority of Rome, and they too much had to go ahead and and, and, and go to war. I, that ob- not. I know! that's project. But it's provocative, because it's not normally what you hear from the Chazal. It's this sin, or that sin, or whatever. And here it's like, you know what? Had you just submitted a little bit more to the authority of the non-Jews, you would have, you you know, you would have uh, maintained your presence in the land of Israel. okay so um, uh, and he also sent him about the things that his father said Reb Yossi there are 365 obviously you know 365 by like the dates of the year 300 is usually a number of exaggeration but here maybe also particularly in the context of you know Rome uh, you know the non-Jews solar calendar whatever 365 is obviously a number of exaggeration anyway 365 marketplaces there were in the in, in the uh, metropolis of Rome and each one of these of these marketplaces had 365 castles the uh, biranit and each castle had 365 stories the and each one of the stories had enough grain to sustain the entire world so Rome was hoarding all of the grain of the world I'm rabbi so rabbi army who in the end in the, is, is all of this grain all this wealth stored up for um, so he said to you, and to your friends, and to your chavotecha. So there you go. And to your female friends, which is really what it means. But the Rashbam says it means your friend's friend, um, rather than having it actually be referred to the female. Um, but to you and to your friends, meaning to the people who learn Torah. Shanammar, all Rome gathered all the wealth of the world, but ultimately it's all going to go to the people who who involved themselves in Torah. Shenamar, as the verse says, Sahrab it's it's higher and it's etnan, which is also used in the case of like etnan zona, like higher for prostitution, but it could just mean it's wealth and it's and it's higher. Kodeshla Hashem will be sanctified to God it will not be stored up and it will not be kept in you know in treasure it would all be for those that dwell before God so all the treasure and the wealth that was gathered by Rome will ultimately be for those who uh, study Torah my loyey atzer, what does it mean? It will not be kept uh, stored up. Tani That's a storehouse of grain. The Loye also won't be kept in treasure, you know, in a treasury. Knizah, that is a treasury of like gold and silver. So all of those things, the grain, the gold, the silver, ultimately it will all go to the Torah scholars. My kibiyosim What does it mean? It will go to those that sit before God. What's specifically indicated by that? I'm by Lezer. That's somebody who is so regular in the base medrash that he knows where everybody sits. This is where so-and-so sits. That's where so-and-so sits. Okay, so that's Yoshevim Lisnei Hashem. Could also mean, although I, that's the way the response says it, you're so, you're, you're regular, so you know everybody's ma- makom kavua. Could also mean that you respect everybody's makom. You don't go ahead and, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, Rabbi Bourbon told me once a story, you know, that at Ramado Ra. Which is, uh, well, they're on 10th Street. So now in fact, I think it's very, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's quite popular with Columbia, whatever. But anyway, there was a time where, like, it was, very few people went there. And he says that his wife, Shelley, on one uh it was like a to day, went to the show. There's absolutely nobody in the whole women's section. She sat down in the seat. An hour later, a woman comes <laughs> over to her and says, you're in my seat. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: anyway,
0: so, <laughs> um, so anyway. All that right.
1: that's happened to me. That happened to me.
0: Anyway, all right. Uh, right. So if you're really regular in a place, you know where everybody sits, even the people that don't only come once. You know, you know, once a year. You know where everybody's mukam is. Okay, hamakir mukam yeshiva. Some say I'm a Zem kabel penei by yeshiva. So it means that you, uh, you know, you welcome. You're, you're always the one there. Anybody that walks in, you're the one always there welcoming shavalecha, whatever, because you are the fixture of the Beit Midrash that's who who you are but again I will say that in addition to the idea of being a fixture in the place both of those ideas of Makir and Mikabel also show that sense of respect for the other people that are there you know it's interesting to sort of acknowledge that that it's not just that all you're concerned about is your learning you're aware of the other people in the Beit Midrash as well and you don't sit in their place and when they walk in you don't say I can't talk to you I'm in busy learning and you welcome them so it's an interesting balance between in the sense that you're always before God, but you're always Yoshevim in the plural. You're always also, you know, sensitive to the community and the other people that are there as well. So, my l'machaseh atik. This is the end of the pasuk. It says it'll be for those that bef- that are before God and that cover up the ancient of days atik. What does that mean? The ancient. So there l'machaseh v'arim atik yomin. So atik yomin is understood to refer to God based on Apostle Daniel, the Ancient of Days. So this is the one that covers up things that God has covered up. Umayni yusitrei Torah. Those are the hidden things of the Torah, like the hidden Kabbalistic secrets about Mas Merkava. So you do your responsibility. You don't go ahead and reveal things that should not be revealed. The Iqa ami, some say, varim You You actually reveal things that have been hidden up, but things you're supposed to reveal. Umayni And what are these? Ta'amei Torah. Sitretora but Torah So the difference is Torah are these like, you know, very um yeah, mysteries and they're the they're like, you know, they're the uh, Kabbalistic or, you know, the, like I said, Mahasemir Kava, the things that are um what's that what's that word for them? Um, not um Esoteric. You know, this esoteric knowledge that's not cannot it's powerful and can't be shared. Tame Torah are trying to get dig deeper in like what's the meaning of this. You know, it's not the it's not the hidden mysteries, it's like, you know, whether it's a halacha, whether it's a story. You want to understand what's its meaning. You know, it's the the narratives in the Torah to have a lot that aren't said. You know, that's what Midrashim is, that's what Mepharshim is, that's why people write Parsha sheets. You know, you want not understand what's it all about and the same about the Halachot and that's a type of an investigation that is not meant not to be discovered, it's just not explicit in the Torah and that's a type of exploration and thinking and reflecting we're supposed to do about the mitzvot and the narratives in the Torah. The Shah has an interesting point. He says, what about the fact that the Gemara says in other places that the Torah did not reveal the Tameha mitzvot because if it tells you the reason for the mitzvot, then you're going to say, oh, this reason doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. Like it says, mm-hmm. So she'll say, oh, well, I can have many wives and they won't be much at Laveau, and he was nichshav but so the Torah wasn't, wasn't, didn't reveal its reasons. So he says, How come here it says you're supposed to reveal the reasons? So one thing is, oh, he says maybe Tame Torah is different than Tame Mitzvot. But the other thing he says is, and I thought this was fascinating, he says, No. He says, If the Torah reveals it, it's dangerous. If you reveal it, it's not so dangerous. And he doesn't say why. And I think that the answer could be because hopefully, if you're the one trying to understand the reasons, your answers are more speculative. Well, right. maybe it's because of this, maybe it's because of that, but you don't hopefully have the arrogance to think, I know exactly why this mitzvah is said, and therefore, I can make decision X, Y, and Z. If the Torah says it, then you downplay the mitzvah and you only say it's all about the reason. But you, you're supposed to work to discover the reason, but it comes with a recognition that at the end of the day, it's just yours your speculation so it's a I think it's a very beautiful Marsha about that different because it is true on the one hand you do have a whole you know so much effort has gone into understanding what's the reasons of the mitzvah, what's the reasons of the story how do we understand them you know and at the same time it has to come coupled with this humility so alright so now the Gemara continues My what's meant by the verse again Rebbe Shalom the name of Rebbe uh, 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 Shalom Rebbe Yosi. what's meant by the verse? L'amnatsayach mizmola david zamru to the minatsayach a song of David sing <speaking> the mission so what the minatsayach latin Nozeach, <Hebrew> but minatsayach causes others so again as opposed to reading this as some type of a musical of a play of uh, you know of, of, of some type of uh, music to be played they read from the word mitzachon victory one who causes others to be victorious So it's to God, who's causes others, us to be victorious. Uh, One who, when we are victorious over him, the sameach, he's happy. Come see that God's way is not the way of the flesh. The normal case of flesh and blood, you are victorious over a person and he is sad. He is distraught. God, when you're victorious over him, he's happy. God wanted to wipe them out. Were it not that Moshe's chosen one stood in the breach in God's presence. So you see, Moshe went ahead. He fought against God. He was victorious. And Moshe's bechiro, it was a good thing, obviously. Moshe is the chosen one. You're supposed to have that. So again, this in a way also evokes those stories we just read a minute ago about, you know, the Sarshev Yom says, hey, God, what about paying me back? Avril says, everybody's arguing with God. The angels are arguing with God. So now we see that even we're supposed to argue with God, and God wants it. That's menatzeah. So it's a very, you know, while uh, this sort of the whole idea of the angelic retinue is hard to relate to, but to seeing how from that dot to this stop it translates into a relationship we have with God, I think can be very powerful. Amar al-Gahannam Shum Rebbe I'm Rebbe Kshim Lucky, Rebbe Yehudah Nesiyah Mai What's meant by the verse? The hands of a man Are underneath their wings These angelic wings Right? The vision in the beginning of Yechezkel Yadoh Kshiv Not says Yedeh But actually it's written with a Vav Yadoh His hand Whose hand? this is God's hand that it's God's hand is stretching under the wings of the angels that are like surrounding God and keeping God as a way you know distant from us shielded from us in order to receive those who come back and do repent and, and repent miyad I don't know you know it looks like a hands man whatever miyad midat din or mipnei midat to sort of you know in spite of the divine the, 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 the sense of divine justice the attribute of justice here is the attribute of rachamim so again it's a fascinating idea you know this sort of repeating theme like sort of like before when we say God we are yours and therefore you should save us the sense about this you know very special, intimate relationship that God has with us, and that sort of breaks through these types of barriers. On the one hand, you know, it's such a close relationship that he wants us to argue with him, and he wants us to challenge him. You know, a minute ago it was just the angels, now it's we're doing it, and the type of relationship that even though he's supposed to, like, his angels are trying to protect him, you know, he wants to ensure that we have that connection. He's stretching out his hand. Um... Um i Yudamishmua Kol Kesef of Shabu Olam. Okay, now all the gold and silver. We'll see how oh, this will tie back in a minute. Well, we Shef,
1: Yosef Lakto
0: revealed Mitzrayim. Yosef gathered. Before we mentioned the Romans had it, so this is picking up on that theme. Yosef gathered all the gold and silver and brought it to Egypt. Shemar the Ylakit Yosef Kol Kesef Adinsa the Mitzrayim you know Beretz Kanan and we all the Beretz Mitzrayim but I only know in Egypt and in Kanan. But other lands, Shemar the Kolarz Bovitz Raima. All the lands came to Egypt shall we show me Hello Imam. Now when we left Egypt, we took all the gold and silver in the entire world, which we said before was in Rome, but now we're going earlier in history. We took it out of Egypt. It had all been brought to Egypt. We took it with us. flew me, try They sort of uh, stripped out stripped Egypt. What does they flew uh, mean? We're reading like a doll instead of a lamid. They made it like a bird trap, dagan, that had completely been emptied of its grain. You put grain so the birds will come and peck at the grain. We had sort of swapped the, you know, swiped the grain out without getting caught in the trap. Rabbi Shimon Omer, like a pond that has no fish. We completely emptied it out um, of all of its wealth. By Amunach Adrachavam, and it was staying in. It stayed in the hands of an Israel until the time of Rechavam, uh the son of Shlomo. Ba Sheishak Melach Mitzrayim, but not Lo Merchavam. Sheishak came and took it all from Rechavam. Shenamar, by He, by Shana, Hamishita Melach Rechavam. Allah Sheishak Melach Mitzrayim, Al Yushalayim. By Kachaz, also it's He took all of the storehouses and all of the treasure houses. So the
1: Sheikun took the
0: money back. Yeah, exactly. The Egyptians took the money back. We're not done though. Ba Zerach Melach Kush came Zerach, the king of Kush, but not Lo MSheishak took it from. Um, that's not in the psukim, the Rashbam says that's just tradition. So Asa came and he did war against the king of Kush, which is in the psukim, and he took it from, from Kush. The Tavarimon, um, and sent it to Dimon ben Tavarimon, which was the king of Aram, to protect them from being attacked by uh, by Melch Israel. So Ammon, <laughs> the hadad ben <laughs> So then the Ammonites came and took it from him. By Yehoshaphat, then came Yehoshaphat, the Jewish king. The Natlum Ammon, because we actually we have sukkim about Yehoshaphat going to war against Bnei Ammon. So al Achaz, and it was in the hands of the Israelite kings until Ahaz or the Judean kings until Ahaz Vasan the Natlum Ahaz, came from Cheirav and took it from Ahaz so that was I'm sorry, Ahaz was the Israelite king so Sanchev took it came Chizkiah the Judean king and took it from at, at, when the angel wiped out Sanchev's armies so then presumably we came and we looted the armies and we took back all of the wealth assuming they had all their wealth with them when they went to war and it was in the hands of the Judean kings until the time of Siddkiah Bo Kazdin came the Kazdenes. Binatlumit Sidkiyon and they took over Sidkior. Bar Parseim. Bin Kazim, then we know the Persians took over, you know, the sort of uh, empire from the Kazdines. Bo Yvanim Binatlum Parseim, then came the Greeks, Alexander, and so on, and took it over from the Persians. Bar Romim Banatlumi Avonim, and then the Romans came and took it from the Greeks. And that's how we mentioned before that all the wealth is now in the hand of the Romans and it's still in Rome, which, by the way, is a nice closure to the idea, of remember the story, and who's going to get all that wealth in the end? It'll go back to the people who are sitting in yeshiva. So in the way, we're sort of saying, it came from us as well. Now, it came from us because we took it from the Egyptians, but fine, the Egyptians took it from the rest of the world, and at least that taking of the wealth from the Egyptians was already prophesied, and that was sort of endorsed. So in the end, it's all going to come back to us in the end anyway. The Jews are the money lenders. Like oy, oy, oy. Oy, oy. I'm a, not lenders. I'm Rebbe so on this theme of wealth in Egypt three treasures Joseph buried in Egypt one was revealed to Karach, and that's how Karach got so wealthy and one was revealed to Anthony the son of Severus. so I was looking on the web I don't know anybody associates Anthony of the Anthony and Cleopatra that he was the son of Severius. Severius Severus was the name of a Caesar though wasn't he yes. yeah, he was. yeah. He was. And I, what, was he after was he the Caesar after Anthony I don't know anyway okay Charlie will tell us the anyway somehow that explains I assume some of the wealth of the Romans the one, so it's interesting not like all the wealth and it constantly was changing hands it's all going to go back to us no a third, a third and a third a third of the tzaddikim will get lost in love now, here's a passage. Wealth that is held protected for the owner and it ultimately is for their evil, for their undoing. That's the wealth of Karach. His wealth made him think, you know, haughty and made him think that he could go ahead and rebel against Moshe and ultimately it came to destroy him. All of the wealth that was swallowed up, it said all of the wealth that was on their, that was by their feet. This is a person's mind that makes him stand up on his feet that gives him a sense of dignity and of importance and that's what made Korach feel again you know pride and able to challenge Moshe in the end it was all swallowed up Amar Reb Levi said Reb Korach. so before we had 365 for the Romans of their warehouses the, 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 the burden of um, the, the, you know of 300 white uh, uh, mules was the uh, was, w- 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 was, was not the treasures of Karach, but the keys. The keys to his treasure houses took 300 of these uh, white mules to carry. It was their load. Um, the, um, where were we? Not only that, they were all keys and locks out of leather. They were all light. So, there <laughs> we weren't even heavy keys. And so, 300 mules carried them in the house. Which you can only imagine how big the actual treasure was. Yes, Charlie. There's one
1: possibility. For Antoninus, uh, Marcus is Caesar Marcus Aurelius Antoninus Augustus, who is believed to be the one who always had the conversation ready. His
0: father, grandfather, and great grandfather were all named Marcus Antoninus Verus Aha! So wait, that's a Severus, but his name, he was Antoninus. Uh, was his, his full name as
1: emperor was Caesar Marcus Aurelius Antoninus Augustus. No, so there was an
0: Antoninus there, and, okay. his fa-
1: and the previous empire emperor
0: was Antoninus Pius, so that's another possibility. Now we know. Okay, moving on. Okay. Alright, I'm going to show my name Back to Psukiman Halel. okay? back to Psukiman Hallel. Um the Khash and I will thank you God because you've answered me. Ahmed Evan Masu Habanin. Um, I'm sorry I read that wrong I will thank you because you have answered me Amar David that's what David said now in what context probably when he was fighting against Kalyas, but David had enough stars; he could have said it time. anyway the stone cast away by the builders became the uh, cornerstone Amar Yish that's what Yishai said Me'esa right, she'maisa those because David was the youngest of the children and so on. Um, also, the Marasha re brings in the whole midrash about how David's lineage was completely challenged. How could David be a king? He descends from Ruth and and so on. So that's Maasu Haboni. He actually says, that, plays on the boni, right? Altiqra bani elab, you know, elaboni, you know, you know. So um, that uh, that it means that the chachamim were despising David. Oh, he's from Ruth and he can't be. He can't be a king. So it's Masu habunim Haysal Rosh Pinah Amar Yishai Echav. Okay, again, what's the moment when he became king? When he won over Galiat? The Rashbam the also says because it says at the end of it, right? Meiz Haysezos. What's the end of the pasuk? Uh, in the plural. So it's Amru Echav. Amr uh, um, Shmuel. When David presumably was chosen, and Shmuel was called, told to anoint him. Have him? Have him? him? Um, David. Again, it's not clear what stage. Again, fighting Goliath. What's going on? amar Shmuel, because at least okay about bringing sacrifice. David I don't know what to make of this because it doesn't give us any context. But what you could imagine, by the way, is and one does wonder, you know, to what degree was some of this like enacted when they were saying the Hallel? Like, did people have parts and were people actually saying this? You see, what they're trying to do is they're trying to take this very sort of just generic praise and bring it to life almost as like a type of a play you know and we had that before right about the you know about the lolanu lolanu and you sort of wonder how much some this might have been somewhat enacted when they were actually saying the hollow yes
1: we should do that to violence oh yeah
0: i am sure that they would get into that i totally come out and everybody dresses up and we all yeah. have fun. okay anyway <laughs> non-hasam now we turn to a little bit of a lust discussion. Mogum <laughs> What? I
1: know.
0: So, this is really from a discussion in Sukkah where it discusses Hallel, the place where they double things up in the Hallel, right? We, we double some sukim right uh, you know whatever at the end we do all this doubling up of Pesukim which is not in the original Pesukim you double We've where they say it straight without doubling you've showed. you say it straight if you have a minute to make the bracha at the end you make it right so uh, we obviously do we actually got to be just saying how on we'll say there it's very clear we make a bracha question which bracha but not in all places do they make a bracha at the end but the place that they do you do it everything follows the custom of place that debate or that difference of customs of making the bracha afterwards that's only a final bracha you have to make a bracha you make a bracha before every mitzvah okay by the way it's a little bit ironic because I'm, they'll say there everybody makes the bracha at the end and not at the beginning But he is saying that in a normal saying of Hallel, whatever the debate is about the end, we all make it at the beginning. (laughs) All right, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll get back to that. All mitzvahs you have to do before you you have to make the bracha before you perform them. My over is a gemara that repeats itself a number of times in a number of different Musachos. How do you know that the language of right, how, right we start way at the beginning of the Musachet, right? Brings us back to that. How do you know that the idea over means before you do it? Over before you do it. I don't know if Nachmin Hakika hakushi. Achimats ran the way of the valley and he passed in front of the Ethiopian. So Avor means to pass in front of so overlap means the bracha has to proceed and come in front of the doing he passed in front of them the king passes in front of them so it's interesting by the way about thinking about that image about um, passing in front because you know when you run in front of somebody you almost like announce their coming and the bracha, over the it passes in front of the bracha, it announces and proclaims and gives identity to the to the mitzvah. Now, I will say, though, oh, you know, we'll read a little bit, and then I'll finish. Tanya, we turn to bright the Rebbe Kofel Batvarim. Rebbe would repeat certain verses. Rebbe Liyevim, in part, Mosif Batvarim. he would add. What does he mean, add? He'd add something extraneous to the psukim. So my Mosif, what does it mean, he would add? Amar Mosif it means he would do more doubling than Rebbe would do. He would double from the puzzle of Odecha Hashem Kianitani, which is what we say right before the Anashem Hashem. The Rashbam said Rebbe would only do the doubling from Baruch HaBab Hashem Hashem, but he did more doubling. Okay. Darish Ravavira explicated Zimlin Amaleh Mishmeh Darav, Zimlin Amaleh the Darav Ashi or Darav Ashi. What's meant by the verse? The child grew up and he was weaned. So there you go, right? This week's Parsha, right? So not just about yitzhak growing up and being weaned, but God in the end will make a suda, so like won't be Avram does the Mishtagol, God will make a Mishtagol when we will be not weaned, but Gomel Chesed, when God will ultimately pay us back in the future, in the time of Mashiach. God is going to make a suudah for everyone. Okay, After everybody eats and drinks, Now the question: Who do we give to get to lead the benching? So they give it to Avraham, But he said, "No, I only had mazonos." He says, "I'm not going to lead the benching." I'm not entitled. I uh, I, I had Ishmael, I was not the one to represent. I'm not here the other one to represent the entire the Jewish people. Uh, so Almarl Yivsk y they said, You took Tolabh, you make the broad, I'm letting any Munarh, I won't do it. So be many Aesab. Aesab came from me. So I'm not pure totally pure or again it's not that I get anything wrong, but somehow I'm not the one to represent Kwa Yisrael here. Omar Yaakov said to Yaakov, Tolaburk, you do it. I'm letting any Munarh, I won't. I married two sisters when they were both alive. Shafida Torah will make it forbidden to me. Again, like wow. did I do anything wrong? No. <laughs> but somehow in this time, you know, now at the Acharita Yame, I am not the best representative of you know of uh of, of Kwa Yisrael. Interesting because building up some interesting tension. Who are we gonna pick? Everybody's got something wrong with that. Wow. So <laughs> 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 So they said to Moshe the benching. I <laughs> won't I do not merit. Going to go into Israel again not like, well, so what you didn't do anything wrong it wasn't your fault <laughs> not in my life and not of my death okay so again not that he did anything wrong but if the ideal of Israel is you know the Jewish people living in the land of Israel I don't fully represent that I represent more of a ghost or more of a transition stage so they said you make the blessing no I won't Yoshua bin Nun, Nun Yoshua So when it lists the genealogies, it says Yoshua and Nun and Yoshua and it doesn't go beyond that. He didn't have any children, so how could I represent the whole continuity of the people if if I myself had no children? I thought he had daughters. That um, that would be interesting. I don't know. I didn't check the so, Okay. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know where where, where you, what you're basing that on. You can get back to us on that. Okay. So Amalol David, they said to David, "Toluberech, you make the bracha." Ah, oh, Ahaniavarech. Okay, good choice. I'll make the bracha. Uh, exactly. He didn't say it. David had a lot of things he could have said that he wasn't appropriate. The lean Naya Levarich Shemmer Kos to end us with another puzzle from the Halal. But again, what you could say, obviously, David was a flawed uh, person as well as was everybody. Uh, didn't but to build a but, I, but what I guess you so the absence of the temple is interesting. But I guess what you could say here is that if we're looking at this idea of asid lava, which is about Mashiach, which is about the resurgence of Malchus Pesavid, and the whole idea like Moshe didn't go into the land, and you know, and it's a, something that sort of represents you know, Jewish sovereignty and Jewish pride and it's all about Israel, it's not about Ishmael, it's not about Esau, you know, and so on, you know, so that's a, so you sort of understand that that sort of sense of our national, you know, Jewish identity, Israelite, you know, whatever, religious identity, sort of distilled in the person of David he's the one we focus on when we think about messianic times okay, yeah, so that, is, yes is this
1: discri- are these statements in any way connected to uh, the concern that increasingly communities have had the yeah, sect people repeating suki they shouldn't repeat words and they that um so they're, yeah there's an undercurrent to that it's never clear that such a strictly halakhic issue, but people are very much right,
0: Well, it also depends on what context are you repeating like are you repeating in Shmona Esrei ray? where there's a very much like in a context of a brach and we discussed the other day about changing a brach, et cetera, or you would saying in a sense in which... But yes, I think... Look, but it could go either way. You could say the fact that here it has to give a license for you to double suggests that in other cases you, you, know, you can't be doubling. And also I think there's a difference of repeating a pasuk as a sort of stretching out a melody and in an individual word. But I, yes, there's a whole literature on that. I'm not sure how how much it references it, but I would agree the fact that here it has to give license to doubling ind- indicates that in general it's something, yes, to be to be cautious of. Um, I would say that, you know, again, this again this whole idea of doubling, like right, this idea of the, like, I almost said this, enacting of various parts, you know, one does imagine that they probably had some interesting things going on when they were doing the halal. The issue, I do want to say one thing about the issue about the bracha beforehand and how it gets insisted and how it's not necessarily obvious. Because it gets to this issue about to what degree is well seen as a mitzvah and to what degree is it seen as tfilah, right? And, for example, you know, there's a, there's a mitzvah we say every day during davening. What's mitzvah we say every day during davening? Shema. Do we say Asher ki shabim t'savet al kriyat Shema? No, we do have something called Birchos kriyat Shema. But if you think about it, the birchos kriyat Shema are brachos that draw out the themes of kriyat Shema. Right. So the bracha about Yotzer ha orot, if you want, it draws out the theme of Hashem Elokei Hashem Echad. You know, the universal God. And certainly the next one about Ohev Am Yisrael, which is Shmaysal Hashem Elokei Hashem Echad. It's about our relationship. Those brachot but they're not Asher ki shabim They are Brachot that of, of Shema as part of tfilah and therefore that become an expansion of the tfilah itself. So by the hallel there's definitely a chiddush of saying that that you make it into a masa mitzvah and as opposed to a bracha that you know, that sort of expands it as a type of a tefillah. So the fact that the Gemara says, oh, by the way, of course you say a bracha before, because you say a bracha before every mitzvah, is not so obvious that we would do that in something that, it, first of all, it's only a rabbinic, well, the Ramban, it is a biblical mitzvah, as we discussed, but anyway, but something that is being done in the context of tefillah, that we would make a Birkas ha-mitzvah to introduce it, is not so obvious. What about
1: it? It might be the only example in which you say a prayer in order to say a prayer.
0: Um, right. I mean, again, That's yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, saying it's
1: not a right. sharp
0: way to say it. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. But even if you are at the home
1: there. You're making a well, no. You still say
0: it. like you say. Hashem tzvatay tiftach. I mean, you, you, in a way, you do a prayer before the but prayer you know, Shlom S- right? Esre. But the brach birchas hamitzvah to introduce a prayer. Right? Heck, why don't we make a birchas hamitzvah before birchas hamazon And then you do birchas Right. So the point is, once itself is a prayer, we don't right. often make a birchas hamitzvah before and, it. One,
1: one, so before? Yeah. So no,
0: that, no. that was that was with our minhag. End. without a minag to end it's just a brach and then a mitzvah right but with our minag to end the whole the whole hollow becomes an extension that's the way Tosus understood it like a long type of a, of a bracha but that's with our minag to end it let's start look we actually are somewhat caught up let's start the next Mishnah yeah. the answer to the Ben HaChacham. now do, you do not <laughs> you do not do, uh, you do not depart or end after the Pesach with an afikomen so um, what is an afikomen It is not the piece of matzah, as we'll see. Well, the Gemara will discuss what an afikoman is. But before we even get to that, I want to indicate it's a machin the assumption here that you're eating a korban pesach, right, is the assumption of the last parak, bizman habayit or shelo bizman The first mission about the seder, not of the Perek, said ubizman ubizman mikdash. What is it? Uba mikdash of gufo shel pesach, which indicated that we're not talking about man a mikdash. Then you got to the questions of the of the of the, of the four questions, which was halay lezekulot which I indicated at the time would either refer to man or to the minag post mikdash that you would only eat roasted meat this Mishnah that says seems to like assume that you know you could say when there's a Pesach you don't do it but the fact that it comes with no introduction seems to poss- suggest that it's just taken for granted that the context is yes, Zman HaMikshah uh, could be it's interesting and as we will see from le, the, le, the, le, the next Mishnayot the last few Mishnayot all talk about eating the Pesach at night so well, that is worth noting and I want to underscore the point I made last time which is what did it not talk about eating when we when, when we were talking about the Seda, what did it completely skip over the eating of what the Mishnah skipped over completely a discussion of the eating of the Matzah and the Maror what the heck was it doing skipping it over but if we're talking about Zman HaMikdash who wants to talk about Matzah and Maror what we should be talking about is the eating of the Pesach, right? That's the only real thing that matters. The Matzah and the more just the accompaniments of it. So, if we'll see, right? The next Mishnah, Lo Yochlu HaPesach know, Yisnamnu Lo Yochlu HaPesach HaPesach. The last few Mishnayot all talk about eating the Pesach. So, it's worth thinking about the idea that these Mishnayot, minus the one that said Bismanamitash, are assuming it's Man and therefore, I'm not giving a strong discussion to matzah eating, and I'm much more focused now on the Pesach eating. is brings in right away. Okay. I know. Well, we're going to get to it. Well, the Gemara is going to bring it in. Okay? So, but anyway, let's just read one line in the Gemara about what this afikomen is that you can't have after the Pesach. My What is this afikomen? What is this afikomen? Don't leave one group and eat in another one. Now, if there's a Pesach, there's actually a prohibition of eating the Pesach in two Chaburas, <coughs> as we discussed before. So the Rashbam says it means don't even eat other foods in another Chabura because you'll come to eat the Pesach in another Chabura. And that was a discussion earlier in the Gemara about switching groups I'm sorry, and so I'm on. Fine you don't depart after the Pesach with an apikomen with an an eating in other groups now how does the word apikomen mean eating in other groups I won't tell you what the Roshav says which is trying to read it as a Hebrew word I will tell you that apikomen is a Greek word which actually means a type of a carousing that they did an after party carousing Okay, Okay, that after they would go out and have their meal then they go visit other people and have their meals and you know drink wine and carouse and spend some time in one and then in another and it would be obviously a lot of licentious and inappropriate behavior but that means so again seeking that they styled aspects of the Seder after the Greek Meals with the reclining in the line is saying, you know, okay, but this is a religious experience, so after the Pesach, don't go out and carousing. Now, the Gemara is reading it in less of a moral way and more of a halachic concern of, you know, the Korban Pesach can't be eaten in two places, so don't go eating somewhere else and the way the Rosh adds, is not just the Pesach, but if you eat somewhere else, you come to eat the Pesach itself in two places. Okay, we need one other explanation and we'll end there with now. But Shmuel goes Layla Abba. It would mean even not in another place, even having the dessert right here. What would be a dessert? So for me it would be like, a, like a various, uh like uh various fungi, um, you know, mushrooms and for Abba, which would be um would be would be Rav, that would be um uh, like pigeons. So don't have some dessert after the Korban Pasach. Okay, Rab Khanyanab and Kilov Rabyoknan, goes marim kwayot ve'gozim like uh dates and uh roasted uh, wheat and, and nuts. So don't eat, you know, tanikabatsk rev yochanan. don't have dessert after the Pesach. Ain mustinacha Chapesach go marim kajot ve'gozim okay, don't have dessert afterwards, and presumably there the reason is, not that you'll eat the Pesach in the wrong place, but the reason of getting the taste of the Pesach out of your 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 mouth. mouth. You want to keep the taste of the Pesach in your mouth. That's how we tend to interpret this, although the first explanation is probably closer to the word afikomen, and we'll continue with this discussion tomorrow.